Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us is Mr. Dan Allen of DJA Fitness Training, coming to you from the suburbs of Seattle, Washington. Dan, what's going on today, man? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastically. I'm excited to pick your brain on this. Dan and I got the chance to jam out a little bit before starting this official interview, and and he's made a couple of stops in the fitness industry. This isn't your first venture, and so Dan, I think it's important to look back a little bit to analyze how we how it is that we got here in the first place. For you with DJA, talk to us a little bit about how we got here in the first place. When did you start this business and, and what was your inspiration? What was your goal in starting your own business in the first place? Yeah, so, um, so I've been in business for myself for um, roughly eight or nine years. And if I were to, to really go back and, and see how it started, uh, to be quite honest, uh, you know, I've been a gym rat my entire life. And then um, life started happening. I got, uh, I, I ended up, actually, I was uh, in Portland working at Intel and they had a nice facility. I started spending a lot of time during lunches and breaks down there. Before I knew it, I had a couple of people asking me what I was doing, could they come? Before I, by the time I left that company, um, I had eight or nine people every lunch, every break coming down with me, although I didn't have a lot of formal training at that time. Um, so I got some, uh, went to school, uh, got some figured out, you know, kind of learned what I was doing a little bit. Um, sure. I've still got plenty to learn, but, uh, anyway, I, I, I went to school and then I, I worked for a uh, local YMCA uh, for for a few years and um, that was a good place to get my you know kind of get my feet wet uh, you know learn what it was you know kind of figure out what it was like to, to work at a, you know at a, a full gym and um, you're dealing with people one-on-one um, trying to you know deal with you know each individual's needs um, and we, we we did we did several classes I did a lot of personal training we built some classes um, anyway there, there was a, a guy that I still uh, work close to now who had put together a little personal training studio and was starting to grow it. And then he knew somebody that knew me and uh, gave him my number and said, you know, you, you guys are philosophically similar. Maybe you should reach out to Dan and see what he, uh, you guys, if you hit it off. And we did. Um, anyway, I left the Y and came down here and um, started working on my own. Uh, through him, I decided I would rent space from him and use his equipment and, and everything. And I did that for a few years. And then when COVID happened, I moved into the garage. We were forced, you know, like everybody, we had to shut down our business. And um, I was the uh, strength conditioning guy for a couple of for local high school lacrosse teams. And I had some of the uh, lacrosse parents asking me if I could you know, hey, can you open up the gym and, you know, have us come down there? And I was like, no, I, I can't. I'm sorry. You know, but um, at the time, you know, we were allowed to have, you know, groups of 10 or whatever during, you know, early days of COVID. And so I thought, you know, I will make an investment 
And then I, I bought some equipment and moved it into my garage. And then I bought some more and I bought some more and I bought some more. And after a while I had a fairly functional gym in my garage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I came back down to the studio where I am now and, and, and I, we restructured our deal to where I just took over uh, a space down here and moved in my equipment. So I'm not necessarily, you know, just running space from him, but, uh, and then, um, yeah, DJ fitness training was born as and somewhat it, evolved a little bit over the course of time. It sounds like this wasn't a defined plan from the very jump, but sort of by organic natural happenstance we're here today is that right that is 100 correct no i i never <laughs> no but it's been so much fun i uh yeah it is it is a true labor of love um yeah yeah really 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 fun um and it's uh but no it was not something that i sat down and put pencil to paper and decided this is what i'm going to do uh it is it is yeah it is it has happened organically and it is just it's yeah, here we are. And, and so worthwhile to at least acknowledge the, the model of this majority of the time is is one-on-one -on -one personal training or small group personal training. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost like probably 80% of what I'm doing now is just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and then, but then I have uh, people that will bring, you know, will come with friends or I have several husband and wife teams that, that come down. Um, and we used to do some small groups. We used to have some, some small, small group training going. Um, then when COVID happened and we were forced to abandon any kind of group training, you know, anything that, you know, it wasn't one-on-one -on -one or, you know, two-on-one. -on -one. And, and so, and I've been, you know, busy enough with uh, just the personal training that I haven't gone back to, you know, actually, you know, having classes, so to speak. Um, so it's all, you know, either just one-on-one -on -one or, you know, two, three-on-one. Sure. And, and so, Dan, I mean, before we have any kind of discussion of what marketing is and how we attract members, I, I think it's important to hash out who that avatar is, who we ideally train. For you, is there an ideal client in your mind that you're going after? No, I, I have a pretty broad demographic of clients. Actually, I have people that are in their 80s and I have college ad and high school athletes. I have um, guys that are trying to train to get into the military or police academy. Um, I have uh, gals that are, you know, collegiate soccer players. And I have a lot of uh, people that are just want to be healthy and feel good. And yeah. Um, just, you know, and know that, you know, they, they have a, that, you know, Hey, life is life's a little better. If you're, if you have a strong, healthy body, if you look in the mirror and like what you see, then, you know, so most, uh, so, so I guess to answer your question, I don't really have a specific demographic that I'm after. Just, uh, okay. anybody's yeah. welcome. Fair enough. So, so we're training a, a wide variety of people. And, and so let me pick your brain on this. Cause I think marketing and attracting the personal training demographic is probably a little bit different than your traditional globo gym sort of fitness seeker what's been working for you to to be able to expand your business and attract new people to what you do so uh well i have a website dj fitness training um, dot com i have and then 
most of my client, I, I mean, word of mouth has been my bread and butter. It has, uh, you know, referrals, word of mouth, uh, you know, people are, you know, come in and are happy with their results, happy, you know, with what they're doing and everything. And they, you know, people talk. Um, anyway, that's been, that's, that's kept me fairly busy. Um, I, I, I've, I should be better about uh, Instagram, Facebook, that type of stuff. And, but uh, yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. Have you ever put any kind of money into advertising or in, in any sort of capacity or has this been entirely organic to this point? That's been pretty organic. Like I say, I've got, uh, I, I have the website, but that, uh, like I, I, I should do more with, uh, <laughs> with, with uh, some social media and stuff, but I'm, I'm, terrible at it so yeah. uh yeah it's, it doesn't come very naturally to me um one thing that i did that that helped me a little bit is when i first started training once again this wasn't a plan it just sort of happened and all of a sudden i needed a business name and so i was getting my license and they were like well what's the name of your business i mean this is this is how bad it was, I was this is how one plan i have no idea what the I'm, name of my business is yeah i didn't even know the name of my business so i was like well uh dan allen personal training all right i'll go with that and um, anyway, so I, I went with that for a couple of years, but I found it really, really difficult to market Dan Allen personal training. I, my wife was just as a, as a gift, bought me these big magnets to put on the side of my cars of Dan Allen personal training, big letters. And I'll be admit, I couldn't put it on my car and I felt it was, it was terrible. I just couldn't drive down the street and say Dan Allen, you know? So I, my, my son's name, my youngest son, who's very, he's a, He's a very much chip off the old block. He's a lot like his dad, and he's he's actually um, in a, doing a kinesiology right now. Sure, sure. And there's you know, it's someday I, I started thinking, you know what? Maybe he'll join me someday. And so DJA is for Dan, John, Allen. Uh, if if that ever comes to fruition, then you know, yeah. join me. And if not, then it's it's a different name. And it's for me personally, it's easier to market DJA Fitness Training than Dan than using my yeah. actual name. No, that's, that's an incredibly important point because we hear time and time again from people, whether it's personal training or, or whatever the model is, that have named the business after the founder. And then we have to deal with the repercussions that everybody walking through the door thinks they're going to train with that person. The guy that's yeah. name is on the building. And, and if you decide at any point to grow this beyond just yourself, We've artificially created problems for ourselves for no reason at all, yeah. right? DJA allows it to be a little bit removed from yourself yeah. so that whether it's your son or any other kind of future staff, we can plug and play those people without having to overcome the challenge of, oh, I'm not training with Dan. Yeah. And that, that gives us a little bit of leeway. Now, because this is just you for the time being I, I mean you're it seems like your your schedule is fairly full but do you anticipate using any other kind of, of marketing strategies or or like you said the social media side of things is that something that you want to get into more or is it sort of just status quo at this point well i i probably should i've been saying that i should for a long time now um but i, I like i say i'm I'm absolutely terrible at it. Uh, I can always find something other to do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I guess, yeah, right now I'm, uh, 
reasonably busy. And so I haven't, but there's, you know, in looking to the future, I, I think it, it will probably become necessary to, to do more, uh, you know, have more of an online presence for sure. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's funny because whether you are the least knowledgeable person on social media, whether you are the most knowledgeable person on social media, if you're in fitness, kind of doesn't matter, right? Fitness has gone the way that is dominated by social media. So yeah. it's some it's somewhat of a, a necessary evil at this point yeah. to, to running an ongoing business. But but I want to move on at least from the marketing conversation and, and pick your brain on the topic of sales in a in a small organization like what you run. Walk me through kind of a, a typical interaction. If I reach out to you with interest in training, what happens between that moment and me signing up as a new client? So um, I offer a free consultation. Um, I invite people to, to come down to the gym and have a look around. We go through um, a, light, a light workout. I talk to them about, you know, some, some expectations. I talk to them about, you know, what are their goals? What, are, you know, what, what do they want? Uh, and, you know, we'll do, we'll get a, we'll get a light workout in. Um, and then just kind of the, the, the conversation will go here and there. Um, I usually like to think, you know, I can, I can help people reach their fitness goals. And if, if I can, you know, convince them of that, or, you know, if they enjoy their time down here, if I can, uh, one thing that I always try and do is I, I try and make it fun. I think that being at the gym isn't, shouldn't be a, a drag. It shouldn't be something you have to do. It should be something that we get to do, right? And so um, if I think that if, uh, you know, people come down and during their consultation, um, if I can present to somebody that they feel comfortable with and that, uh, they, that they think can, can help them, then I generally uh, will, you know, if, if they're interested in putting something down on the calendar right then and there, we can. Um, some people want to think about it. I always tell people, you know, you're welcome. I, I'm not, uh, I don't apply any pressure. I don't, uh, I, that always makes me uncomfortable when people try yeah. and pressure me into different things. So I'm very careful not to do that. Um, in fact, I generally will tell people, you know, you can, uh, you can run out the door screaming or you can, you know, let's put some stuff on the calendar. You decide, um, you know. Um, so, but as a general rule, People are, you know, after coming down for a consultation, we visit and get a little bit of a workout in as a general rule. Um, they, they come back. And so uh, I don't know if that answered your question or not. But uh, No, certainly. And so it's, it's more client driven from what it sounds like. I mean, we get a bad reputation in the fitness industry for people being pushy, sort of used car salesy, but you really keep the person that you're sitting across from in focus, right? A lot of the time, I think we lose the the personal part of personal training. And, and it seems like that's front of mind throughout the entire process for you. How can I craft a solution so that I can truly help this person? At least that's what I'm hearing from you. In, in what that is, saying. Yes, that is, that is true. Um, in fact, I had a, yeah, just, I, I did a, um, an internship and I worked for just, just a couple of weeks at a big well-known 
national brand gym and had a, a relatively, uh, it was, it was the first place, you know, just as I was going through school, um, and I, it, it was not, it wasn't a pleasant experience. And I, I saw, in fact, it, it, it about drove me away from the professional together. And I kind of thought, this isn't what I'm, this isn't helping people. This is, you know, I, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. And it just about drove me away. Um, and so I, but I learned some things from that that I don't want to do. Uh, I think that's just as valuable in our industry is, is what do I not want to be? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was, it was eye opening to me. And um, so I, I've, I do, I do try and um, be very personal and I try to make it uh, the place that people want to be. I've had, uh, I, I keep a, a list of emails and text messages and Christmas cards and things like that, you know, where, you, you know, when you, you hear something like, you know, this is the, the best money I've ever spent, or, you know, this is the best part of my week is when I'm going to come to the gym and stuff. Then I know I'm doing something right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that probably leads into the next thing I want to ask you about really, really well. And it's the idea of keeping clients once we get them signed up for you is, is retention something we track or, or average length of time that you work with a client is that something that you focus on and track as a metric or is it done more sort of gut instinct it's more gut instinct it's not something i track as a metric however it is what keeps me in business i've got people that i've been doing personal training with for over a decade uh you know that have followed me from uh, from other gyms and and come down with me when i come down here and come to my house with me when I was in the garage. I've had, um, you know, I'm really, really fortunate to have, you know, met some good people that are willing to tolerate me, you know, with the, and, and honestly, um, yeah, the, with, you know, retention has been, it's, it's been the way that I've stayed in business. Uh, and I, you know, you build relationships. One of the, my favorite things about this business is I've, I've made, built a lot of relationships with people. Um, and hell, at this point, I've, I've got a lot of good friends. I go to weddings. I do, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it, it's, so yes, retention has been key, I guess. That's been, but, yeah. That's been the, the cornerstone of what you do from what it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. And so, I mean, our, our conversation. Well, if we're being honest, I mean, it's a lot easier to fill up a bucket if there aren't holes in the bottom of the bucket. You know what I mean? Like if we're signing up a ton of people, but the other people are just walking out the back door, we're not in really any sort of better position than we're in. And, and all of these things work hand in hand, right? Sure. We can be at an acceptable level of skill in marketing if we have expert level retention. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't need to sign up that many more people. And, and our whole conversation has been around operating and, and growing a business in this sort of a business model, Dan. But I want to I wanna look to the future a little bit and, and see what in your mind growth is for this. Where, where do you see this business trending as things move forward? So I've, I've thought a lot about uh, getting a bigger space. And, and I think if I were to get a bigger space, then I would, you know, look for something that is 
similar to what I've got now with an attached room for a gym. So I would, if I did, let me, let me back up and just say that um, almost to a person, um, my clients are, are grateful that it's a small private facility that I've got, uh, you know, that they, I've had a lot of people say, that, you know, they're at the regular gym, they feel like they're on display. Um, I've got, you know, they, that makes them uncomfortable. And for, uh, for people that are, you know, maybe, you know, don't have a lot of confidence in the gym or, uh, you know, whatever that I, that I, it's, people tend to like the, the private setting. Um, so I, I, I don't want to lose that, but I would like to add space that people could come and just work out. So people could pay, Interesting. You know, uh, uh, say a monthly fee or whatever, and then they, you know, come use it unlimited. Um, and so I think that that would be on the horizon. In fact, I've, in the, in the past several months, I've been thinking a lot about how to make, maybe make that happen. Um, haven't made it happen yet, but, uh, but it's been at the forefront of my mind. And I think sure. it may be a matter of time. I, I think it's, it's an exciting goal. And I, I think fitness is somewhat unique in that there are so many different ways that you can take things. Do you know what I mean? There are so many ways we can help people. And, and I think now more than ever, we need help or people need help. Sure. I think yeah. it's, it's, uh, our, our, our competition isn't other gyms in the area. Our competition is status quo in the mind of people that aren't doing anything. Sure. And, and I think that's at least what I'm hearing. That's sort of your expertise. The people that you serve are, are looking for help. They don't want to be, in the traditional, like we said, Globo gym, 24 hour, whatever it is, but correct. Yeah. You could add on that service within the, the community and the culture that you have does a number of things. It gives them the opportunity to, to get some extra sessions in. Yes, of course. It derives a new revenue source for the business. That's helpful at any yeah. point. It, I think it checks a lot of boxes. And so It'll be interesting to see how that looks and how it comes to fruition for you here as we move forward. Dan, I really appreciate your time. I've had a bunch of fun having this conversation and, and any sort of business owner willing to come on and, and give an inside look into what it is that they do. I, I appreciate that mentality more than you know. Before we sign out of here, Dan, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn a little bit more about it. You mentioned a website before. What's the best website people can go to? Uh, yeah, so that would be djafitnesstraining.com, and uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the website. The best one, I'd like simple. To say, I've got a great, I'd like to say uh, I've got this amazing Instagram account, this great Facebook page, but that would be a complete lie, and I do, I, I, I've got them, but they're not amazing because I'm, very, I'm not very active on them. Yeah. So, well, now uh, we've got a reason to hold you accountable to working on those things, Dan. I know. I know. I should totally do that. Yeah. This is, that's perfect. I, like I said, man, I, I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what this shapes up to be into the future. And, and I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, man. You bet. It's been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. All right. And so to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time.
Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a duo, two special guests. We have Alejandra and Jordan with CrossFit Battle Ready. What's going on, folks? How are you doing today? Happy Friday. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you guys being here. And look, we're excited to have the both of you on. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on with CrossFit Battle Ready, you know, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you guys get started in the first place? That's a good question. Um, the describe our business is um, you go ahead. <laughs> we are actually brand 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 new and like owning a business especially a gym it has been an adventure to be honest but we are really happy of the people that we have like we have support from all our athletes and they're like really happy which it makes us really really happy you know it makes everything that we do like behind the scenes like all the uh building of the administrating everything it makes it super easy because we can see it actually that our clients are really happy and that's what is like okay we we probably are new in this we don't know what happened, but it's, it looks like everybody's happy so i think everything is going on. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love it. And so, you know, we'll start with the bare bones basics. We'll dive right into the business here. How many members are you guys at currently? I think right now we have around 60 to 70 clients. Okay. Yeah. And so if I was a member, if I came in and I'm like, Jordan, Alejandro, I'm ready to get started. Let's do it. Uh, what would I then have to pay to become an active member? So right now we have the first month is $50. And after that, you actually choose whatever membership you have. So we have different options. But the most common is $110 for the whole access for the whole gym. You can go there as many times as you want. Yeah. And so for you guys... I mean, deciding price, how do you, do you guys decide price based off of the surrounding competition or, or, or what based that price at that rate for you guys? I think we based it more than like our people, you know, right now after COVID happened and everything, everybody is like kind of like short in money, you know, budget and everything. But at the same time, they want to uh, be healthy and improve their lives. So we actually basically just if it's something that they can afford, we can actually make it happen. Mm -hmm. And they're happy about it. We have so many people that they even like going three days per week. They're happy with how much we are charging them and they love it. I love that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so for you guys, you know, since March, right, what's been the best method of finding new clients 
honestly, we've just been doing like word of mouth. Um, Alejandro did advertise for a while for the uh, banner speakers, and that their friends they brought more people, and then they brought people, and that's kind of just where it's at right now is just you know word of mouth. It's true. So, and um, is when I before we owned the gym, I think last year. I wanted to do something for the Hispanic community because I'm from Mexico. And I said, you know, I'm wondering how many people they wanted to work out and do CrossFit because it's none of any of the, in the town that we live is none of the CrossFit are actually Spanish speakers. And I said, well, let's try it. So I started promoting everything on the, and all the like, uh, and stuff like that. We started that class with just six people that was it and we started it everybody loved it and after that i haven't promoted since october and we have like around 24 25 people in the hispanic class because they're like start bringing the brother the sister the brother-in-law you know the cousin co-workers so everybody start like saying every telling everybody and now it's it's huge you have no idea how big it is and how excited everybody in their goals yeah Amelia presented, I think that's great that you're able to uh, appeal to that demographic that, that you can relate to, you know, I think they understand, I think that you, you know, understand them on a, on a better level than anyone else could, right? And mm -hmm. you've been, right? And so I think that's great. Um, I think that's an awesome thing there. So, and hypothetically speaking here, of course, right, let's say traffic leads clients was unlimited. How much higher can you guys go from where you're at now? We don't know. We haven't really thought that far ahead. I mean, it's, uh, hmm. I mean, just as positive she is, I, mean, I honestly think we can, I mean, there's there's not going to be a stopping point. Like, we're just going to keep going. Like, we'd like to open, like, almost like a fitness center with CrossFit, Olympic lifting, and, you know, just maybe a bigger facility, but we're already looking into that. So... Yeah. You know, it'd be chains or, you know. Well, and, limit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry, Alejandro, were you going to say something there? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, you know, no, I think that's great. I think, obviously, you know, it's always hard to say, like, I mean, you want to focus on the future, but you got to focus on what's in front of you right now as well, right? So it's hard to to really gauge the both, right? You just want to, you want to make sure that, that right now is, is fulfilled before you even get into where you want to go. So, and that's totally fine. And so kind of walk me through this, what I would call the client journey, right? So if I came in and I was interested, maybe not ready to commit just yet, but I was interested, you know, walk me through that process of going from being that interested lead to then being sold the membership to then being onboarded. What does that look like for you guys? Well, the first thing that we do when somebody goes into the gym and they're like, I want to try it, the first thing we do, we're going we're gonna to have a class for them that is actually the fundamentals. That when we explain it to them, it's a specific class where you are one-on-one -on -one with that client to explain like the fundamental movements that we're going to have, we're going to work, the words that we're going to use, how does it work. So we explain absolutely so when they're actually involved with everybody else in that class, they don't feel like, oh my God, I don't know anything that's happening. I don't know anything that they're saying. I mean, they don't feel that uncomfortable. That's the first thing that we do. 
then we have classes for free. They can try it for free on a Saturday or something like that. And they go there and see everybody else. They We actually introduce them personally to the, the class. You know, we say their name and we have a new member. His name is blah, blah, blah. He wants to try it. Please, everybody welcome him or welcome her. And it was when everybody like gets like, okay, let's do it. You know, everybody has in the same spot. We always start in from the beginning. And all our athletes, they started from the beginning. They know how it feels. So I think that familiarly like we like, oh, yeah, that's nice. You know, they welcome me. We have actually a little pack, um, a little bag with a shaker, protein powder, some pre-workout that we give them in a t-shirt too. So they get more, more involved in our gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think that's super important, right? To, to be part of the community immediately, right? When you build that culture of what you expect, I mean, you know, you, they'll know if they fit or not, right? Because it's also... It's not just a matter of if the gym fits for them, but if they fit with the culture. You know what I mean? So that's why it's super important as well. And so here's a little bit of a long-winded question, but a good question in itself. Um, so, you know, in, in the gym and fitness industry, there's about three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly, and that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, mm-hmm. your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, where do you guys feel like you can improve the most? Um, we are working right now with people getting more like buy like our products. We are working on it because before when we uh, before we own it, um, they didn't have anything like that. You know, they didn't have any kind of like um, uh, T-shirts or any kind of like other um, yeah. supplements, hats, stuff like that. They didn't do anything like that. So super slow and slow, slow, we were like bringing it back. Like we have like all these like asking us like what kind of protein do you use? What kind of supplements can I use? So we are getting like involved with some brands in getting the products for them we actually give them like free samples first so they can try you know it's like it's basically we're starting that from scratch because it wasn't before and i know hard i'm not gonna lie it is like getting the people involved to get like your t-shirts your your hats and stuff like that is hard because they don't have that culture in there our new people you know, there's like, like, okay, they, they get more like, I want to do this. I want to, I want a t-shirt. I want to represent the gym. That's, that's one of the things that we are struggling right now. I don't want to say struggling. We're just like in the beginning of getting it because yeah. we have It's really makes it really for us, but it does make us proud when they, like I said, you see them wear or they come into the gym wearing it. It's pretty proud feeling. And the other thing that we we haven't looked at it, we have had a lot of ups, like emails with people like uh, sending us like, do you want to use this website to promote your your business? You know, we don't know anything about promoting business yet because we so we are digging about like we only think with social media right now. There's when we posted videos of people working out and stuff to people and have to like people like coming like, hey, I want to be your gym and stuff like that but we don't know anything about what else that we can find 
you know, because we haven't dig about it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency, especially with a question like that, right? Because because regardless of success, the fact that you guys can admit that you can still improve. That's yeah. I think that's a big eye opener for the viewers because it's like, wow, like they've been in business since March. They're already at 70 clients. I mean, like, come on, is it, you guys in the eyes of them, they're doing great. Not to say you guys aren't doing great, but the fact that you know you can still improve and do more really goes to show that there, there's no stopping, right? You either grow or you die. <laughs> You're growing or die. So That's I love that. I love that. And so last two questions for you guys and my two favorite questions in itself. Um, you know, what's the bigger picture? I know we kind of alluded to it earlier, but what's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal? What are you guys trying to accomplish long term? I think that's for you, you know, you have your vision really, really, really Honestly, nice. like I would love to, like I said, have like a good Olympic gym slash CrossFit gym and then even like add on to uh, make like a regular gym, you know, with the machines, the treadmill, all that. And um, even with the CrossFit, I would like to get more of the uh, equipment in, you know, living in Colorado, we have the craziest weather you know some you know a lot of us like to run sometimes and it'd be nice to have just like a treadmill on on the ready you know somebody's like oh i don't want to bike or row like i said have have more equipment than uh members it would be nice you know make sure everybody has their own equipment lined up next to them ready to go yeah 100 percent Alejandro, what about you is the same picture or what do you think? No, he has a really good one. Actually, it will be nice to have the best facility ever, you know, like always. The But I think uh, my main goal that I can say in the gym is that um, people know us, you know, like being something that people is going to say like, oh, I know that. I had never been there, but I want to try it. You know, the people talk about us and especially when they talk about like that gym had helped me improve in my life, you know, like I was totally different or even if I lose weight, thanks to that guy or that lady, they own that gym. That's what it is kind of be my satisfaction when people like can say thanks to that people, I, I actually achieved my goals. I love it. I mean, I yeah, it. we had a buddy in there and he had lost what is it five pounds in five days and it, it's a good feeling like you know it's like you can you can see the change in people even just like one day a week two times a week and then like they start coming three four like is it open saturdays can you guys open it sunday and it's like people don't understand like you need fitness you know that's like one of that's a good addiction to have you know whether you um go super heavy or you know or just go light or even if it's just like you know 30 minute walk like it's you can see the difference in the change in people and like you said that's what gets that's what help that gets me happy i think that's that what people is going to be honest and to see them like drive more like how do i how do i get a better clean and jerk how do i get heavier like they want they have that drive to get better themselves yeah 100 i love that you guys hit it right on the head you guys really goes to show how much more you care about the clients than you guys do about financial gratification. And that's amazing, right? You're in it for the right reasons. I mean, obviously you need to make money to, to grow, but the fact that yeah. you care so much more about them, it's like, that's your priority really goes to show where your mind is. And that, that's awesome. Right. And so one last question, I'm kind of curious to see if you guys have the same answer here or totally different. I don't know. 
So, um, you know, if you guys could, I mean, I know it's March, but if you guys can go back in time to March when you guys first started the gym and, and give yourself that one piece of advice you guys think you needed to hear, what would that advice be for you? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Explain me that question again, please, because my brain <laughs> sure. went out way somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, it's a, it's a tough one. We had somebody like like two months ago. We asked him this question. He walked outside for twenty minutes, and he's like, "Hold on, let me think about this." We're like, okay. "Yes, I need to." <laughs> Go ahead, ask me again. Deep, yeah. so, ask me again. If, uh, I'll I'll ask it in a simpler way, right? So, if, if you know, if you could talk to a new gym owner right before they start their gym and give them that one piece of advice that you needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be that you could tell that new gym owner when they're first starting out? For me, I would just tell them, you know, just you got to do 110% for the, you know, for your business, you know, pay attention to the, your clients, make sure everybody's safe. Like I said, you know, really focus on them, see what they want and yeah mine will be this don't freak out and don't be scared so many people believe you know everybody start a business with a vision they're like oh my god it's gonna be really nice and everything but we we don't find out they maybe we're not gonna have a profit in a year in two years you know maybe we're gonna invest like 100 percent of our time and 100 percent of our money that we have in this and probably we're not gonna see results right away and that's what i like i think a lot of people just give up you know because so many people tell you don't do it or do it that's the only two things that mm -hmm. they told you when you ask them like what do you think about this just don't do it you know or let's do it but nobody tells you just be prepared because it's not going to be easy and is sometimes you're going to want to quit and give up but if it's really what you want just like do it but be prepared for like maybe you're not you're not going to make it in the first time in the first jump that you're going to do probably you're going to break your legs but you're going to get up and you're going to keep going until you actually made it i love that i love that talk about a freaking mic drop there oh my gosh Look, this is a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, you know, where can people find out more about you guys and the gym? Shout out the Instagram, website, Facebook, anything you guys may have. You can look for us in Instagram. It's the same thing, Battle Ready, CrossFit Battle Ready. And we're in Facebook too, uh, CrossFit Battle Ready. Uh, we actually have a website that you can actually look for us. It's like CrossFit Battle Ready. Um, you can actually look for videos and pictures and all the information that we have about it. It will be nice, guys, if you can just look for us um, and just like see what we can do and all our actually clients and all athletes working out. That will be amazing. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you guys can accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and your team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lord. Thank you, JJ. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. I'm here with my guest today, owner of Stars and Stripes CrossFit in Troy, Michigan, Adam McHale. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, thank you so much, Dominic. Good to be here. All right. Yeah, man. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, anyone who's listened to a few episodes knows I'm a little partial to CrossFit gyms, but I got love for everybody, but that's 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 my home. So Let's get into it. Tell us what Stars and Stripes all about. What's what's your brand, your ethos over there? Uh, so, I mean, every CrossFit gym is a little bit different. I still think of us as more of those small boutique style gyms, just because we don't have a ton of space, but we have a really good, loyal group of members that comes in. Um, obviously CrossFit's big on community, but everybody that comes in is really welcoming to new members and really brings them in, embraces them right away. Um, they enjoy kind of that smaller feel that we, that we have and that personal touch of our coaching with every class, since we don't have enough space to run gigantic CrossFit classes. And we've gotten quite a few people over the years that have gone from one of those bigger CrossFit gyms to us and said they really liked the size that we have and the attention that we were able to give because they're used to a CrossFit class of 20 plus people with one coach. Yeah, that that's something I want to dig in a lot more. We're going to go to your history, but before I want to sidetrack this a little bit because I love to see owner perception and how it affects clients. So your overall facility is about 3000 square feet, correct? Yeah, right around there. And then roughly how much of that would you say is usable workout space? Cause I'm sure you have bathroom and desk and retailer, whatever things take up space storage. So about how much of that would you say is workout space? Um, I would say most of that 3000 is our workout space. I kind of cut out the bathrooms and desk area just to make it a little simpler. Cause it's pretty much just a bit rectangle in there. And we utilize as much of that space as we can. Uh, certainly it gets, starts to get a little cluttered when everybody has a barbell, has a jump rope, those kinds of things. But we try to push everything as much as we can that we're not using off to the sides and underneath the rigs and open it up as much as we can or utilize the outside if we can. Yeah. As CrossFitters, we like to have roughly a thousand square feet per person to work out. <laughs> feels about ideal. So absolutely. Um, so, so for you as an owner though, and someone who's going to manage this thing, where do you like to see classes cap out? Let's say in your most equipment heavy workout, someone's got a rower, a barbell, a box, a jump rope, their cousin, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is. Like where, where do you put your, your general cap for like a, a standard class? 
Uh, we cap all of our classes at 10 people. And okay. then if we are doing something that is not very big equipment based, say it's a lot of body weight stuff, or it's kind of an inside outside type of workout with some running and there's a wait list, I'll try to move people in. So, you know, we could end up with 12 to probably 14 people comfortably. But if we are doing one of those workouts where there's a ton of equipment, say like a big hero workout or a long chipper where everybody needs a little bit of everything, then sometimes it feels like eight is ideal. But that's where I keep that in mind when I do our programming and try not to jam up the space too much with just things. Yeah. And we're going to touch on that programming piece in a minute. So, but the, the part I want to highlight here is by virtue of you being a smaller gym um, and having a, a typical day capacity of 10, you can turn that limitation and I'm making air quotes for an audio podcast because I'm a crazy person. You can turn that quote limitation into an upside because you're now keeping your coach to client ratio higher than industry average. So again, adds to that community feel, personal touch above and beyond the cookie cutter of what everybody says they do in CrossFit because everybody says it, but I like to talk about how they do it. So coach to client ratio really, you know, favorably 10 to 12 to one at max. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to talk about how you work in the programming in a few minutes, but before we get there, um, I digress a little bit too much there. We need some history, some backstory, because you were part of, you have been part of the community of this gym since its inception, even though you haven't been an owner. So give us some of that history, the backstory there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, back in 2012, when they were trying to come up with everything for the gym, that's when I had just graduated from college and um my current business partner, Melissa Scola, uh, she was kind of on the ground floor of that. And I had interned for her at another place while I was in school. So we had just stayed in contact. I reached out and said, you know, I hear you're working on something, uh, anything I can kind of get involved in. And she said, yeah, we're looking for some other trainers. Uh, we're going to open up this CrossFit gym. And at the time I had seen CrossFit on television once. And I said, well, I don't know much about that, but it sounds better than working at the pet store like I am. So let's go into that. And um, so it was her and the physical therapy clinic that were going to be owning it. And their idea was to have a place for people to transition post-therapy that they could still get intense workouts in under supervision of people that have seen them go through their therapy and be able to help them out in addition to people that just want to do CrossFit. Uh, so they hired me in at the clinic kind of in the ground floor as they opened up the gym, uh, summer 2013. And then I, you know, was just kind of the head trainer there for uh, a few years until 2018, when Melissa and I had been talking more and more about uh, buying out her business partners, because we seemed like we um, had the funds at the time, we had a good direction, good idea of what we wanted to do uh, without the extra overhead. And went through discussions and negotiations with the clinic and everything went smoothly. And we took over January in 2019. Uh, So we had that first full year of 2019 under our belt and everything was looking great. Right. Everything was looking great for a little bit. So before we get into the thing, we know the pandemic, the (laughs) the closet is coming, but um, funds were something that you had to consider when you talk about taking over, buying out the business partners, but also the transition from, you know, coach, trainer, head trainer, manager, anything other than owner with your name on the bills and your name on the lease, 
uh, or mortgage, you know, what have you there, there, there are some significant considerations there. So, um, you know, when you went to take over, how much did you feel like already being ingrained in the community helped you feel like, you know, it was a risk that, that you could take and also like your complementary skill sets with Melissa, like how did those things factor in? It was like one thing to be able to afford it, but what were some of the other things that you felt like you had going for you? They're like, yeah, let's do this. Um, I think definitely being there from the very beginning and going from where we started, where almost every class we had had one and maybe two people. If we had four people signed up for one class, that was a busy night. Um, and then seeing where we've trended to, at you know, in 2018, 2019, a mostly full schedule, especially in the afternoon and on weekends. So seeing how everything has transitioned and being way more comfortable with coaching much bigger classes and knowing the feel of what our clientele really wanted. And after the growing pains of seeing what people liked, what people didn't like when it came to the feel of a class, how other trainers ran things, um, what the workout styles were really like, just getting a much better feel of, okay, stepping in and saying, okay, this is kind of how we want to run the day. And then in addition to seeing just the books from the previous years and some of those additional costs that we wouldn't have to incur being owners ourselves. So there was a big like marketing budget that came out every month that wasn't really getting utilized, but we were still getting charged for things like that. Okay. So having, you know, her as a business partner, her having already been being involved, and then a lot of transparency in the books and seeing, all right, we can move this around. This is some place that we we may not have such a an inflated budget. Different things there. You looked at it you're like this. This seems super workable, and we already are in the community. We know people are going to embrace us. You know, they're they're probably going to be happy to have somebody who's more involved, be more involved ultimately. So. It sounds like it didn't feel like a huge risk for you that like everybody's going to run away and be like, oh no, we don't want Adam as an owner. We're all quitting. So at least you had that going for you, right? For sure. Yeah. We definitely felt like, you know, Melissa and I teach the majority of classes and definitely did back then also. So we had the most face time with everybody. So already a lot of people coming in you know, just to come and ask questions or get set up for a membership for the first time, just assumed we were probably the owners. Got it. Got it. Okay. So once you took over, I mean, it sounds like there was some, maybe some budget adjustments that you were able to make or be more aware of. What other stuff did you, did you put in place, you know, once you took over to see the growth, to see things change the way that you, you made them um, for that, you know, first year plus, before the pandemic hit? Um, there weren't too many drastic changes that we really made. A lot of it was, like you said, just kind of reorganizing the budget a little bit, uh, certainly not having to really pay ourselves as coaches anymore definitely helped. Um, kind of the way the books looked and everything. But uh, I think also just being able to have a little bit more time where you know, we can set aside to go out into the community and, you know, talk to local businesses about, you know, who we are and what we're doing versus having so much of a heavy training schedule kind of allowed okay. us to you know, deviate a little bit more time. Or in addition to when the therapy clinic owned the gym, I was working at both. So I would have full days opening the clinic and then closing the gym 
where it's not time I could really go out into the community. Okay, so you got you got some time back, a little bit more freedom as far as where you were going to put yourself. And so you did you just kind of disassociate completely from the clinic at that point? Did that relationship end like at that time? Um, I wouldn't put it necessarily like that, but um, yeah, we we weren't working at both facilities. It was just now 100% at the gym. Uh, we kept a good relationship. We still refer uh, clients over there in case they're having any kind of an issue. Uh, the clinic still refers people over to us when they're post-therapy. So we still keep a good relationship, still chat with them periodically. Okay, cool. So I don't know, life lesson there, don't burn bridges. So <laughs> right. you shook hands, you parted ways, you just, you weren't working for them anymore. So now you get some more time freedom, some more creative control. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about is programming and how that comes in. Were you already doing all the programming before you took over? And if not, or if so, did it change at all, you know, once you became an owner? Um, I was doing the vast majority of it. So we would, what we did at the time would kind of keep a, uh, an open log on the computer. And anytime somebody, one of the coaches came up with a workout or found one that they really liked, you know, kind of plug it in somewhere, see where it fits in with the, you know, the next month's program and if it can fit in somewhere and then kind of reorganize if needed. Uh, but I'd say I did the majority of it, but would leave it open to other people to give me input, which I, I still do, but I definitely put more of my stamp on it. And then once Melissa and I took over, we kind of had a discussion of what our roles were going to look like, you know, just so we're not overlapping and both doing payroll, both doing, you know, just stuff that doesn't need to be done multiple times a week or month. And so we talked about, I really enjoy the programming aspect of it. So definitely put more of that on my, on my plate. Okay. All right. And then to go a little deeper on the programming and being now, it's, it is your thing. Um, people will just sort of burn you at the stake in some instances. If you outsource your programming, they'll tell you that your members are going to get cholera if you don't do it yourself. Like there's, and then there's some people who are like, oh, I've, I've never done it. I've always used Mayhem, CrossFit, you know, NC Fit in a mixture of you know, dot com. There, it's like it does. Some people completely don't care, and some people will will run you out of the game if they can help it. Um, there's going to be pros and cons of it for you. Some of them may be obvious, some of them not. But can you walk us through some of those? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely see both sides of it. Um, I really enjoy doing our programming here at Stars and Stripes because I know really what our clientele likes when it comes to workouts and what they need to be working on. So if I notice that a lot of people are really struggling with some high skill movement like double unders, then I can incorporate those into more workouts and it's not going to pull focus away from people that can already do that movement, but it gives people that are struggling with it more opportunities to practice and learn. Um, in addition, I think most of our clientele like kind of medium to longer workouts. So that 15 to 20, 22 minute variety and with multiple exercises. So I have a lot of people that like chipper workouts and like things that incorporate four or five plus different exercises versus I feel like a typical CrossFit model is, you know, monostructural to maybe three movements. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and it's one of those, um, 
it's one of those things that people will, they'll, they'll choose a hill and they'll die on it. Whatever, whatever they want. It's like, you know, it's like picking Michigan or Michigan state. Like you got to, <laughs> you know, one or the other, right. You can't. And it's like people, I mean, the entire, you know, you could have the worst results ever, but people will, will not come off it sometimes. But for you, you're not writing program in a vacuum. You're in there. You have to coach it. So mm -hmm. you're one of the coaches, you're a primary coach. So you know what works in your flow, what works with your equipment. So from that aspect, because great programming that sucks to coach is going to make your coaches pissed off. That's going to translate to the members, but also you're getting hopefully a lot of direct feedback and observational opportunities because you're out on the floor. So your members might be like, dude, we did double unders four times last week. My calves are shot. We can't do this. Or you might see people having flaws or, or having opportunities that they might not notice because they're not a coach. And so they pay us for, and you can make a mental note, right? Hey, all right. I see this, you know, maybe we need a little more technique work on cleans, whatever the case may be. So you get to observe, you get to get feedback and then you get to execute it. So you're, you're in that loop. It's not just, I know my members better than anybody, because I think that can be a little arrogant. Sometimes you're like, I'm doing it. I'm in here. This is why it, it makes sense. And you like it really the only downside at that point is that I could see is one, it takes up some time. So you probably spend a couple yep. few hours a week doing it. And the other thing is if, if your members complain about the program, you can't blame anybody else. So <laughs> Absolutely. it's not me, it's Jason Klepa, but I mean, <laughs> really any other downside to it, like realistically, besides the time it takes. Uh, time is definitely the biggest factor. And so I totally understand why other gyms and other uh, owners would kind of outsource that because it does eat up a lot of time, uh, especially when you just kind of have one of those writer blocks, then you just can't think of anything, you know, and I'll, I'll peruse uh, the main sites or other, uh, you know, Instagram and try to get some ideas flowing if I really can't think of anything, but that's really the, the biggest thing. And I'm, I'm fine to take all the heat from people that don't like a workout that I made. I tell them I'll take all the, all the credit and all the backlash if I need to. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like it, it kind of helps being on the front lines of seeing what our members need and what they're enjoying, you know? So I've implemented more, you know, uh, like CrossFit structured workouts. They came out with the cap program, uh, mm -hmm. I think end of last year. So I followed along with that for a few days just to get some feedback and say like, okay, I ran this class the way they would want me to run a class. What'd you guys think? And they're like, well, it was okay, but I didn't like the, I didn't feel like there was as much flow as there could have been because there was a lot of teaching, which was great. But when I was good at the movement, I felt like I was just either practicing to stay loose or I wasn't doing anything. Got or it. it felt like, okay, that's all we did today was a five by five, a back squat. Yeah. We could have put in more things in with that. You know, that doesn't take 45 minutes to do. Crossfitters always want to do more. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So I just want to do, if, if we can, a little bit here, quick exercise, roughly on an average week, I know that, that it goes up and down. How long would you say you spend on it? On the programming? Yeah. Um, I'd say probably a good, like five, maybe six hours. Okay. Depends so on how far ahead I can get. Yeah. So let's say it's in that's that's weekly, that's monthly, that's 
I'd say say weekly. Okay. So if you have six hours a week there, right? It's it's so for you. I want to plug this in um, and, and make it to our next point. Your average or your unlimited membership uh, is somewhere around $175, right? Yep. In, in that range, right? There's, there's variations, there's discounts or all that stuff. You have this programming and one of the upsides to it has to be retention, right? It's just, you're in there, you know, if your programming sucks, you're going to lose people. So I like to just work through different variations. So if you spend you know, 24 hours a week, I mean, a month doing this and a client, you know, is worth average, average CrossFit client usually stays about a year. Do you feel like you're in that range? Um, I feel like most, most of our clients that have stuck with us through, you know, like post pandemic and everything, they've been with us for years multiple years. Okay. So we'll be conservative. We'll call it a year, right? Yeah. That's, that's $1,200. So if you spend six hours a week and you know, that helps save clients because they like the program and they're getting results and all that stuff. It, it doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, I'm paying myself 50 bucks an hour or whatever it is. Like the abstract of the math is right. I can spend six hours a week on this, but it's something I enjoy doing. It helps. It makes things go better. And every client that my programming retains is worth at least a couple of thousand dollars in revenue for the business. I know it's not all about the business, but it's like when you start breaking that math down, it's like, oh, like retention can make or keep as much money as acquisition. And if it's something you enjoy doing, you know, you're going to pay two, three, four hundred dollars a month, depending on how, whose programming you use. Mm -hmm. And it might not do anything. So um, I don't, I don't think a lot of people put that much thought into it. So I appreciate you going through the exercise and really like, you know, I like doing this, like, I'm not here to beat you up to do it, but for, to give people who are thinking about it one way or the other, like, oh shit, like this might have bigger effects other than I'm just really sadistic. And I like to make, make my clients do terrible things. So I appreciate you bearing, bearing with me through that. So the other part of that is your, your pricing. You know, everybody thinks their market is unique and people won't pay and, and all these things. Whatever that is, you figured out, you know, like I said, you're around the $175 a month mark. I still talk to people on a regular basis that are like $100 a month, $120 a month unlimited. And then they give a bunch of discounts. So I feel like you're more in that sweet spot of where you can not have to have a million members. People are paying, they're getting a valuable price, you know, a valuable service. Um, you can pay coaches when you're not coaching. All of this seems to line up around that mark. So for you, like, where does that factor in for you? Like, are you looking at what other gyms in the area are charging? Is that just the number that feels super comfortable to you? Like, how do you, how do you wrap your head around where you are for pricing when there's still so many people giving it away, if I can be frank. Yeah, for sure. Um, so initially when we first opened back in 2013, we did have lower prices. I'm trying to remember what that looked like, but it might've been around like, uh, I feel like maybe 125 to $150 a month. Um, I feel like it was somewhere around there. I'm not exactly sure. So we've done one price increase since then. And I know both times it came down to checking out what other gyms were doing in the area and what they were offering. And some were way above and some were way below. And we kind of wanted to be somewhere in the middle. 
So again, knowing what the service is worth that we're providing, what our time is worth, but then also kind of understanding, you know, not everybody has a million dollars a year to spend on a gym membership. And it is for a lot of people, a luxury that they're going to go out and seek out versus set up something at, you know, just a run of the mill planet fitness or something that is, you know, less than $50 a month. And they're just going to, eh, I'll go when I go. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the other side of the coin there, and I think you started to touch on it is I, I like to use extreme examples because I'm that kind of person. You know, one of the things that like made me like made my jaw drop as I read like the average cigarette smoker in this country spends about 180 to 100 is like $183 a month on cigarettes and they make under $25,000 a year as a household. So they're spending that much money and they're some of the poorest people in the country. That speaks to life decisions and circumstances in a way that we don't get into on the show, mm-hmm. but there are, everybody can't afford you, but there are, once you you get your price point and you're not $500 a month, you're not $300 a month, you know, you're for round numbers sake in that $200 a month range, there are enough people to support a micro gym in almost every community because there's enough people like you look at every store you go to is selling cigarettes. Like there's some people, it's just, it's priorities on the other side of that spectrum. You do have some additional services that you offer in the gym for people who want a little more, who have more uh, flexibility with their income. You're also offering personal training, some nutrition, coaching, accountability. Those are some things you've layered into some of your programs, right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't do a ton of personal training. We used to do more of it before, but it's still something that we offer. And sometimes it's somebody that's doing the classes and comes to us and is like, hey, I feel like I'm kind of behind on like the learning curve with some of the things, or this is not exactly what I'm looking for for my own uh, goals. So can we talk about something more personal? And then we'll take them aside and kind of work out a schedule and things with that. Um, And then the nutrition coaching, we've just started implementing that. Melissa got her certification on there. And so we're working that into the books, getting ready to um, do like our official kind of launch on that. Got it. So um, probably the last thing we're going to have a a few minutes to talk about is additional programs. And this applies to really about just about everything as CrossFit owners specifically, but I think across the micro gym world, we want to give our clients more, more value, more options, more services. That could be nutrition. It could be personal training. It could be semi-private yoga, kids class, all these things like they can start off hot and then they can fizzle out or sometimes they can, they can just be straight up DOA. So with the nutrition program, um, what are your kind of your milestones or your steps that you have going through that? Like, how are you launching it? And and what sort of continuity do you have planned? I know it's it's still in its early phases, but what does it look like for you ideally? Um, so initially, uh, as Melissa was kind of going through things and working workshopping how she wanted to run it, because it's primarily going to be all her since she's the one with the certification and everything. Uh, you know, she pulled a couple clients aside and was like, "Hey, you want to? Can you help me out with a trial of this? Okay, we're gonna run it for like a month. See how you guys do." what feedback you have, what you like, what you don't like, and just overall how it kind of works for you in terms of like getting you towards your your goals. And so she did that with them. They had a lot of positive feedback, a lot of good stuff, um, both you know positive and negative, but uh, good feedback for us to tailor it a little bit more. Uh, and she's been doing more, more research into it. 
And ideally, I think we'd like to have, you know, few few people on her schedule weekly that she can check in with, whether it's via Zoom like this or in person at the gym to go over some of those things and their logs and get them on the right track for their nutrition. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge uh, scheduling conflict because it can be a 10 minute, 15 minute touch base, see how things are going. Okay. You didn't like these foods that we talked about last time. So here's some substitutions, but it'll still hit our macros and different things like that. Got it. And, and if, uh, if you don't mind me asking, if, if you don't want to talk about it on the air, that's cool, but it just kind of came to mind here. I know you said she went, she got some certification and she's working through that. Um, is it like a third party partner? Is it a, is it somebody like precision nutrition, healthy steps? Like what direction did you go for the, for the programming that you're putting together? Or is she just, did she get a certification and she's just doing it all herself? Uh, mostly that one. So it was something that her and I had kind of sat down and talked about and was like, okay, what are some of our personal goals and directions we want to start to take some of our services into? And she was starting to get into more nutrition-based things. And she said, I think that's something that I'd like to be able to offer here. Um, and from me, because again, I know the clientele and um, I had talked about wanting to do like one, a couple of the CrossFit certifications, like they have the um, Olympic lifting cert and the gymnastics cert. Um, and then again, COVID kind of came in. So they right. were doing those in person, but at least her nutrition one, she could still do online and go through that. So it's just one of those things like, do we want to kind of specialize individually into some other things to allow our clients to have more options? Awesome. And, and as soon as you started to say it, I was like, I had a feeling that that was the direction you're going to go because it falls in line with the same thing, the programming, like, yeah, there are some good third party services out there. There's programs, there's mentorships, there's all this stuff, but we, we have that personal touch and we're not just paying it lip service. Like, all right, I have mm -hmm. the, I have the background, the technical, technical knowledge. And, and just like you probably wouldn't want some Joe off the street with a, a bunch of search just to come in and randomly start coaching your members. You're like, Hey, we're going to develop this. We're going to do, you know, direct feedback with our athletes, our clients and make our own thing rather than just going business in the box kind of route. Right. Yeah. And I think also just a lot of our members would feel a lot more comfortable talking with Melissa about those kinds of things because we already have that relationship. Absolutely. All right, man, we're blowing through time here left and right. And, and I love it, but we want to be respectful of your time. So really to wrap up, um, you know, what's the future? What do the plans look like for you? I know you're, you know, you still have some capacity, some room left to grow in the spot where you're at. Are you a, are you a big, you know, dreamer? I want a huge box kind of guy, multiple gyms, or, you know, when we cap this out, we're just going to love on these people that we can fit in here as much as we can, like, you know, pie in the sky goals, where are you at in a few years from now, five, 10 years down the road? I definitely would love to either expand our space or be able to have another location uh, and just continue to grow. Uh, it's funny, if you talk to a couple of my clients, they want to just buy out the entire building that we're renting and just have, have a nutrition area and a yoga area and a weightlifting area, and a CrossFit box, and you know, just keep, continue to just grow up 
teleporters into the sky into a big uh, complex. And I said, oh, that would be great. Um, I said, let me show you my bank statement. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, we would definitely love to be able to expand. I know our biggest limitations are space at the moment. Um, the most people we've had as members at one time when we were doing our best was right around, I think, 100 members. So we're not too far off from that. And I know at that number, we were pretty comfortable. You know, we could fill out the spaces. Uh, classes didn't seem too jammed in, but also financially, we were in a nice place. Again, nice, comfortable space where we were already considering whether we could, you know, talk to the landlord and blow out that wall and take over a little bit more area and what that rent would look like. Do we need to hire more coaches? So we're kind of on that cusp of wanting to probably start to expand out, but that's ideally what I would like to do is continue to grow. Awesome, man. I mean, that's it. That's the giving spirit of CrossFit. We want to do more, help more people expand our reach and our impact. Um, Man, there's some good stuff that we left on the table here. So maybe we'll get you back for another episode at some point. But for now, we are out of time. Before I let you go, give us your website, social media handles, anywhere people can find more about Stars and Stripes. Yeah, absolutely. So you can check us out, starsandstripescrossfit.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Stars and Stripes CrossFit. And then our Instagram is Stars and Stripes CF. So feel free to check us out on there. We still, all the workouts that we've talked about, the programming that I do, we post those every single day. So you can see what we're up to, peruse the website and see what uh, services we offer and prices and give us a call if you want to come check us out. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Thanks for logging in. I wish you continued success. If I'm ever out in your area, I think it, uh, I'd love to drop in. That's the CrossFit thing to do. So <laughs> hopefully we cross paths when I, when I get to uh, Detroit Metro. If anybody's out there listening, check out Stars and Stripes. Give Adam some props. Give him some love on social media. Whatever you can do, share the word. Adam, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you so much, Dominic. I'd love to have you around. <laughs> you're welcome you say that now you have <laughs> very needy but that's why i have to own my own gyms because i'm not a good i'm not a good client but anyway um <laughs> to our listeners we appreciate you being here putting up with my rambles hopefully adam made it worth worth it if you want to hear more click the subscribe button we'll notify you when new episodes drop to everyone out there in gym lords nation keep working hard keep changing lives gym lords Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.